dear readers and listeners of Modern Poetry and Translation, hello, hello. My name is Soje, and I've had the great pleasure of serving as the 2020 NPT Writer-in-Residence. I'm a writer, a translator, and also the maker of Chowa, a quarterly zine that features one Korean poem and multiple English translations per issue. Somehow, <laughs> with one miracle leading to another, we've reached the fifth issue, an entire year of Chokwa, and I thought this would be the perfect time to try something new, which is actually to return to something old. As I explained in the pamphlet, I asked previous contributors to revisit their translations, not to necessarily revise or quote-unquote correct them, but to see what happens when we make space for lingering attachments. The results completely blew me away, and I'm very grateful for the 10 translators for revisiting Chokwa and themselves. Jaewon Che is one of the 10 translators in this issue, and she also provided the cover art titled Todum Todum. She and I actually met through the very first issue of Chokwa, and you'll hear all about that, or at least some part of our story in this podcast episode. First, Taewon will read her artist statement, written in both Korean and English. Then our conversation will begin, followed by poetry readings from Hoyoung, Helen H.Y. Kim, Seth Chandler, Victoria Cottle, and Taeyeon Kim. Thank you for reading and listening. Enjoy. 더듬, 더듬. I meet tongue, I touch his skin. To trace, to stutter, to touch, to touch. To want, to bang body against a wall, shedding wing bits. Chukchukan buri, chukchukan buri, chukchukan yuri ahang. Basrojo kejin jogap wi, musimi, musai, nuok nuok nama. Sisa, hosen, nunket, bado, todim todim. Todim, 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 todim. Hi, Jaewon. This is Soje. Thank you for agreeing to exchange some voice notes with me to talk about Chogwa issue 5. I want to introduce you as a multi-hyphenate, a painter, a poet, a translator, a baker. And you reminded me earlier that you also studied physics in college. Physics! So how would you describe yourself? Is there a particular activity that comes first for you? Hello, Sojay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this um, and nervous. Without getting too much into psychoanalysis, I have been interested in finding a language, whether that be a human language, a visual one, a physical one, by which I mean things that are in between, like an invisible interacting field. Um, to tell my story and how I see the world. I was a slightly emo kid, and I specifically attributed the, the misery to the failure of human language, the impossibility of being able to communicate with one another. So I wanted to run away and study physics, which I thought was devoid of confusion or accidents. It was clean, absolute, outside the human realm. Um, but then I realized that things are actually even more messy. Like what I thought was a dot was actually a cloud. Nothing is fixed. 
you know how in school we learned that electrons orbit around a nucleus and in fact it looks more like a cloudy windy stormy night sky where electrons are like lightnings you have no idea where they are until they happen they're everywhere nowhere they're like multi-limb packages of energy and light so this kind of turned me to painting trying to visualize what is essentially invisible then i came to korea three years ago i started to read more korean poems and i realized that poetry is something that allows language to reach its maximum the that amorphous state that can turn into all different forms the incredible thing about poetry or literature is that despite the limitations of human perception or knowledge it allows us to understand more than we know and to love more than we can understand I started responding to some of the things you mentioned, but I think we should just have a phone call after this podcast. Uh, your mind goes in a gazillion different ways that I can never predict, which is why it's so exciting to talk with you. And little Emil Chewon, I had a similar fear of speaking and sort of permanence in general, um, a fear that lingers to this day. and makes this podcast a little funny. I love, love your cloud metaphor because clouds and confusion and messiness and life, that's all very relatable to me. Anyway, let's try to rewind a year if possible. How did you find Choga and what prompted you to send in your translation? Because I can't emphasize enough how Choga just used to be like a blank Twitter account asking for translations. So I was on Twitter. I have been on Twitter for the past um, 12, 13 years. And I've never once tweeted. Um, I was just following people and reading things. Um, and I, I never really used it because I guess related to what I was talking to you earlier about just, I guess, just the fear of communication and the inevitability of miscommunication. I don't know how it, how, how I found it, but I found the first tweet of Chokwa, um, and I read the, the poem, Chinenyong's Taipengi, and I immediately thought of Amy Silman's painting, me and Ugly Mountain, which is a painting of a small person um, on the left bottom left corner, uh, dragging this large mountain-looking amorphous bub bubble bubble-wrapped mountain uh, of just jumbled things inside um, across a uh, snowy plain. The keywords in the, the poem was Taipengi and Chim for me. And Taipengi, Tai Chim. And at that time, I wasn't, um, I, I just wasn't sure, but I just had the urge that I had to, I just wanted to do it. I had to do it. I especially was taken by the name of this magazine, Chukwa 
for excess, which I felt like it was me. Um, or something that I've always struggled with, both personally um, and and work-wise. And also, I thought it was such a important and necessary thing for um, poems to be treated this way. I I mean, I didn't expect that it's going to turn out to be so wonderful and so um, life-changing. But yeah, I think the idea of excess really captures how language does function, which is superposition and interference and something that is not and will never be fixed. So it remains a mystery how you came across Choga. <laughs> I really wonder who was the mutual who served as a bridge between us, you know? I guess that's for the historians <laughs> to piece together. Um, just kidding, the world is ending. Um, but yes, I do remember your message very well with the Amy Stillman painting. I'd already commissioned my friend Con Rue for the cover, which I didn't tell anyone at the time. So I was especially surprised that you thought to send me a visual companion as well. And this is exactly why I asked you to be the cover artist for our one year anniversary issue themed revisitation. It just seemed right, you know, to come full circle like this. So what was it like to contribute both the cover art and a revised translation for this issue? Even your artist statement for Todum Todum is formatted like a poem or, you know, really is a poem. So I'm curious as to what it was like to prepare all of that for a single issue. I, I wish we both lived to see the historians uncover this um, mystery. <laughs> it was such an honor to do the cover of the fifth issue of Chogwa. I was very intrigued by this issue, which was revisitation, and I remember us having a small discussion about what it means to revisit a poem or to revise one. I guess I was curious about what you meant by revisitation, because, you know, does it mean to just go over technical things, maybe take different routes than the one that I took before? Or is it more conceptual, like a bird revisiting or a fish returning to where it was born, the place where it was once an egg? And I think that's kind of how I approached it when I was revisiting the poem that I translated, um, kind of returning, returning to the place that you came from as a changed person especially in the context of Chogwa, where multiple people translated a single work and our understanding of the work has been unimaginably expanded through this process. I think this view is also uh, influenced by the poem that I was revisiting and the kind of the idea of cyclical returning or being reborn. Um, as a changed person, like over and over. 
and both the initial translation as well as the revisitation was kind of a continuum as opposed to like two separate incidents. For the cover of Choga, I painted a um, an antenna of a a snail, and I was very taken at that time by the fact that it's called Todemi in Korean, um, from the word uh, from the verb Todemda. And antenna, you know, is more about you know just the 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 concept of like receiving reception but i thought todimta had more of a reaching out in the dark with your hands like almost with your eyes closed to to see something without being able to see it literally in korean it means to reach out with your hands stretch out uh, to feel things um to to trace something or to recall or even to stutter and also to to grope which uh takes a little bit of a sinister more sinister turn um but that's what happens when you are reaching out in the dark you cannot fully understand what you're doing and you have to rely on the tools that are not made for seeing such as your skin i don't know your tongue your limbs um your guts so it's a bit of a like an inside out thing and it's really cool to see like snails go around and they touch things with their like like bare skin eye todumi thing and then they retract almost immediately and then they stretch back so i thought it it had something to do with kind of going to places that you're not familiar with so i guess to summarize the artist statement i think i was trying to refer to our conversation about the nature of revisitation which is to to trace back to return as a new soul to break free um but still carrying all the bits and that you keep that you keep reaching like totem 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 Okay, your explanation of your painting Todumdadum and the statement itself are incredible. You're right that the word to grope, one of the possible definitions of Todumda, carries a negative connotation relating to sexual assault. Um, though I feel like Todumda is much more benign, like someone fumbling for the light switch in the dark. And the fact that this verb also means to stutter in Korean is interesting. The stuttering in the act of reaching out to others, the awkwardness in feeling something out and being unsure of yourself, or even the anglophone idiom of putting my feelers out, you know? That 
describes my past year exactly. Um, maybe I was the snail all along. <laughs> um, I had no idea who was out there, what you were all doing, and yet I decided to try for whatever reason. And I stuttered a lot, and I felt a lot. Luckily, so many of you responded and taught me invaluable lessons about translation and poetry. That's what keeps me going despite the fear and embarrassment of it all, of public existence. I'm also really taken with how the antenna bring us back to the snail in Jin Eun-young's poem from the first issue. So thank you again, Taewon. It's a really thoughtful work of art you've created for all of us. Wow, thank you so much for, for, for such a sweet um, and um, sensitive response. Uh, what you said about stutter, um, putting your feelers out, and I'm actually surprised to know that you have felt that way uh, when you first started it, um, that kind of awkwardness reaching out to others. Um, but you do it regardless, you know, uh, in spite of um, that, that, that feeling of awkwardness or inadequacy, which I think is what makes uh, someone a good editor, writer, person. Um, yeah, 더듬다 is such a, such a packed word especially I think in Korean, because it's also used to um, say, to trace back, uh, you know, you So it is about revisiting or to recall, um, reminisce, to, to trace back. But it's also going in the complete opposite direction of going into a unknown territory um, with your eyes blinded um so yeah i think that is what writing is um poetry is what we're all trying to do um and grove yes i think it it can refer to unambiguous criminal acts um but it also, I think, originally means to, I guess, take something almost like without knowing what it is to, it's a kind of like a leap of uh, faith. And it reminded me of uh, the last sentence in Jin Eun-young's poem, how much um, do I have to bleed in order for us, me, it, to rise in peace. Ah, uh, yes. That's a really important usage of the verb as well. To search around the dark archive of your past. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Any new or upcoming projects you're working on? Um, any snack recommendations? Bread and butter sounds good. 
I look forward to uh, reading your translation of catcalling. Um, I'm currently uh, putting together uh, a collection of poems, which I've been working for the past year and a half. A lot of them are about cicadas. I really look forward to this new issue and for many new issues of Chogwa to come. Thank you so much for being such a patient interviewer and to have inspired all of us to totem totem forward. Thank you for the recommendation <laughs> for bread and butter and poems. I'm very much looking forward to reading your new poems. Uh, thank you for this wonderful conversation, Taiwan. Bye! And now, five contributors of Cholga Issue 5 will read their revisited poem. Moon World by Jinin Young. Translated by Ho Young. All creatures that carry home on their backs must go to the moon. Have you ever seen a snail on a leaf? A moon always rises in the background. Weighted not by home, but a world. Inside, father sleeps. Mother clips fingernails. Kid sibling solves math problems. Father, I wish you'd die. Mother, I wish you'd go out. In dreams, I often gone father down. Please don't show up, father. You'll keep dying. My home is red with blood. Child, the sun must set before we can go to the moon. I want to teach you. The moon is pale, not because it's out early. The moon is the product of hemorrhage. How much must I bleed to ripple sky? by Ijeni. Sea Swells and Sudden Sets Translated by Helen H.Y. Kim After tears, a swell comes. After the swell is a sky. Over the sky are faces. Amidst the faces comes a wind. Within the wind is a heart. Over the heart comes a song. Amidst the song is a rhythm. Within the rhythm is death. Beyond death is a cloud. Amidst the cloud comes nightfall. Beyond nightfall is a mist. Beyond the mist is a meadow. Over the meadow, dust rises. Beyond the dust is a road. Within the road is stillness. Amidst stillness is a hill. Over the hill are trees. After the trees comes tears. After the tears, 
a swell comes. Beyond the swell, the sun sets. Heaving Sea and Evening Sun by E. Jenny, translated by Seth Chandler. After sobs heave the seas, and after the sea is the sky. Beyond the sky is a face, and through the face blows the wind. Within the wind is the heart, and over the heart comes a song. Between songs there's a breath, and within breath is death. And beyond death is the clouds, and over the clouds comes the dusk. And beyond the dusk is a fog, and beyond the fog is a field, and beyond the field stirs a dust, beyond the dust there's a street. And in the street there's stillness, amidst stillness is a hill, and atop the hill is a tree, and after the tree come the sobs. After the sobs, there's the seas. Beyond the sea falls the evening. A Single Stem by Ha Su Young Translated by Victoria Cottle I want to slip into someone's most sorrowful spot, return with a snapped stem of a joke, stink of that single stinging stalk, Sorely, stubbornly sorry. Flutter, flit, fade away like a butterfly. I want to live. I'm always anxious when I first translate a poem. I know that every line placement and every word choice has been thought out so deliberately by the poet that I find myself holding back, worried about getting it wrong or not catching everything the source text has to offer. Participating in Chogwa, where multiple interpretations of the same poem are presented side by side, I feel as if a safety net has been strung under my high-wire poetic balancing act, giving me the freedom to experiment without the pressure of knowing I've got only one shot at bringing the truth of the work across to the readers. Kungbap by Kim Eja Translated by Dahyun Kim Food undeserved. Grandfather slowly and slower still drags along the handcart, whilst attempting an uphill slope, wads of paper and cardboard boxes haphazardly tangled are fallen to the ground. Crouches, lowers himself, picks the boxes up and ties the paper back together. Grandmother, back from yonder, helps to drag grandfather's handcart. Grandmother happened upon a heavy frying pan. Got in exchange 2001, she is softly beaming. I place my faith in the sentiment that bicycles, libraries and poetry are the tools for communal life and stayed a half day in a library, not to be budged, rolled around a poem about community, like an assembly line worker situated in front of a conveyor belt, made the rice of poetry, while waiting for that hard to get just so poem to become just right, took a ready poem grain by grain and ate it, recalling the time as a factory girl who yearned for the library that was closed after all work hours studied earnestly. Even the nengi reach out their hands frozen blue. Even the sook struggle their way upwards through parched broken soil. 
those young'uns devote themselves to serving a table of green. So in order to prevent my becoming a piss-poor poet who partakes in food undeserved, strived I did to write a poem. Please do help yourselves. Today's poem that took a half day to ladle out is free. I think it's fascinating how, even though you've read your own translation of the poem numerous times, it still manages to sound different when you read it out loud and when you listen to your own voice saying it. For example, for this, um, Food Undeserved, when I saw it on paper, my main concern was that it felt too guilty or that it felt too desperate. But after listening to myself say it out loud numerous times, I think it regains some of the warmth I think is in the original text and I thought was lacking in my own translation. And honestly, saying a piss-poor poet who partakes in food undeserved is just kind of fun. So, thanks. And that's a wrap for the Choga on MPT podcast episode. Bye, listeners. Thank you for having us.